Goosebumps number 54, Don't Go to Sleep by R.L. Stein. Rise and shine forever. It's a no snooze situation. Matt hates his tiny bedroom. It's so small, it's practically a closet. Still, Matt's mum refuses to let him sleep in the guest room. After all, they might have guests someday or year. Then Matt does it late one night when everyone's in bed. He sneaks into the guest room and falls asleep. Poor Matt. He should have listened to his mom because when Matt wakes up, his whole life is changed. For the worse. And every time he falls asleep, he wakes up in a new nightmare. Listener beware. You're in for a scare. Nice kids. They're gonna love Dark Falls. No, don't. Don't go to sleep. Wake up. Wake up, wake up on a, a Saturday, Saturday night. Could be New York, maybe Hollywood and Vine. Ooh, that wasn't that wasn't our best. It wasn't? I, I just woke up, so. Oh, you should probably go back to sleep. No, no. As I... long as it's not in the guest room. Oh, no, please. Hey, guys, welcome to Deadcast. Oh, my gosh. Hey, guys, welcome to, welcome to, welcome to... My name is Daniel Montgomery. My name is Matthew Scott Montgomery, and I wish I didn't have dreams, and instead I could just read Goosebumps all day. Ooh, that is the actual truth. Don't you wish, like, money wasn't a thing, and you could just watch and read Goosebumps? (laughs) I honestly really do. (laughs) Hey, Matthew, the other day I just... Hey, Daniel. Hey, Matt. Ew, sick. (laughs) The other day... It's not my name. Don't call me that. I won't. Where'd you get that hat? The other day, I just wanted to put some some goosebumps on. And, like, I I was in my room cleaning or something. Girl, put your goosebumps on. Tell me. And I wanted to just have something on in the background and feel something. You know what I mean? Yeah, I remember feeling. And I, I... I was like, what is a Goosebumps episode that I, I can just leave on that I, I, it'll just make me feel? And I put on... Kill me. Um, Welcome to Dead House. Mm. What do you think would be your I'm Cleaning My Room Goosebumps episode? I, I mean, we've talked about this before, but I'm just going to repeat again. I mean, for me, anytime it's cloudy outside and it's not sunny, I do You Can't Scare Me. Um, because that, to me, is the perfect rainy day, sick, home from school lay on the couch, fall asleep to that one. That's if, very good. If I'm doing folding laundry, um, it's uh, a night in terror tower. Ooh. If it's hot outside, really, really hot, I do the werewolf of fever swamp. <gasps> Sex. And then if it's October, obviously I do the haunted mass, the haunted mass to an attack of the jack-o'-lanterns. Oh, don't even get me started on October. Yeah, I can't even speak about that. But I don't know, sometimes I feel... Um, Sometimes I feel ghost beachy, but usually my go-tos is rainy, you can't scare me, laundry, a night in terror tower, hot outside summertime, the werewolf of fever swamp. Do you know what mine is 
uh, pretty regularly. Duet. Stay out of the basement. That's a, I mean, that's a really good one. It works for a lot of those feelings. Um, I had a, a boy over, it was a while ago now, but... Um, so if you guys know me at all, you know my name's not Matt, and I love VHS tapes, and I have a VCR in my bedroom, and now a VCR in my living room, a toot toot. But one of my favorite things to do is if and when I ever have a boy over, I'm like, come over, choose a VHS tape, whatever you want to watch. And there's this guy that I was talking to, and he was like, you know, oh my gosh, you have a VCR. He's like, I want to come over and show you Moonstruck. Oh, with Cher. With Cher, and I had never seen it before, and he was like, that's the best movie of all time. It's pretty great. And he came over, and, um, well, I picked him up. I'm just telling a long story because I can. I picked him it's up. It's your podcast. Yep. I picked him up, and we went to 7-Eleven, and we bought clear Pepsis and sour candy. Oh, my gosh. From 7 to 7, he's got me open like 7-Eleven. Yeah, from AM to DM. And um, we ate that candy in bed, and we watched <gasps> Moonstruck. Ooh. And it was, like, good or whatever. Snap out of it. Yeah. And then after that, um, and I was like, so, like, what do you want to do or something? And he was like, let's keep watching VHS tapes. And I was like, phew, you had me at hello. And so we went into my VHS collection, and he was like, I kind of want to watch Goosebumps. Is that okay? And I was like, um, will you Maui me? And so we got a bottle of red wine, which I think is sick, but it's the only alcohol we had in the it house. It gives me a headache. I know, I didn't like it, but we watched Stay Out of the Basement at like four in the morning, and then we listened to Lana Del Rey and Made Out. So it was four like Four in the morning. It was like such a good, it was like a perfect like kind of date night. But that's a real, Stay Out of the Basement is a good one to watch if you're having a boy over and you have a VCR in your bedroom and that boy hasn't watched Goosebumps in a really long time and you kind of want to watch one that's equal parts scary and you can like, you can comment on it together but it's also like kind of stupid that it's like fun to make fun of i always like i'm saying stupid but i mean it in like the most loving way they of know all time they know like even like don't go to sleep um number 54 which we're about to talk about which the tv episode which we haven't had a tv episode in so long i know it's been a while it felt strange to go back to it yeah this episode it's crap you guys but Let, like let's let's not let's not mince words it's hot crap yeah but even as i was watching that hot hot crap I towards the end of it, I was I remember thinking like I still love this. Like even though it's oh, just like of course. even though it's absolute garbage TV and 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 it's I still love it. You know what I mean? And um, the there's a lot of really good books in the fifties. Um, a lot of good weird quirky you know things just like we're just we're just doing wild crazy stuff and this one's really really kooky and just like sure let's try it. So weird. Don't go to sleep. Exclamation point. Mm, exclamation point. Came out, uh, or it was released in April 1997. Mm, and Matthew, mm. would you, uh, could you please tell me about the book cover? Oh, and then we can get into the, there's there's a bookmark that, uh, you know, trading card Yes, the, the colors of this book, I feel like, are quintessential Goosebumps colors. Quinn. Quinn. Don't you think so? Because it's like... I do think it's so. It's like a bloody... Yeah, I really do think. It's like a bloody purple and like a yesterday's lime green. Mm, that's pretty accurate. I would say that it might be... Bloody purple's cool, but I would also feel like it's a deep um, mauve... Mm. Mm, bloody purple. I was thinking about it, and um, um, you know, I don't, I don't wear uh, 
like classic makeup like like lip gloss or lip stains or liners or whatever all that stuff but like that doesn't stop me from being completely obsessed with like Fenty Beauty and like um, Kylie Jenner's all her lip kit stuff and I just love all the names that she chooses for everything and as I was picking out the just moments ago trying trying to decide what what to what we should call the colors in this Goosebumps book I thought what would Kylie say <laughs> you know lip color names and nail polish names are it's 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 a secret fantasy of mine you know what would be good like nail polish names would be Goosebumps titles ooh there should be like a Goosebumps collection of like nail colors or lip stains like Monster Blood or like a Don't Go to Sleep is like a like that this color purple on the cover of the book as a lip color or a nail color and calling it Don't Go to Sleep is really sexy. Ooh. Ooh. In fact, now that I'm thinking about it, a lot of Goosebumps titles make really great lip color or nail color names. Yeah, we should tweet about that, and someone should someone should do something about that. Stay out of the basements, kind of an inch. Maybe that would be like a lush green. Or I mean, or mon- I get that would be monster monster blood. Monster blood. Yeah, you're right. It's good. Maybe though. if it's a dark green, though, some sort of dark green, and like the neon pr- neoprene green would be <laughs> would be monster blood. Um, wait, pause. What was that the email that we got really recently from a fan who was pointing out, oh, egg salad sandwiches. Oh, yes. We're always talking about, we're always talking about, like, tropes in um, Goosebumps books, of course, where it's like redheads, you know, um, falling hard on our elbows and knees. But then Kyle, right, Daniel? Kyle, Kyle Kletz. Yeah, Kyle emailed us, and he pointed out one that's really astute and really smart. Do you want to tell the class what it is? Sure, it's, uh, it's... A scene with somebody eating an egg salad sandwich. This is true. I and think he, it happens three times, right? He even specified that one character will, will be eating an egg salad sandwich and some of it will dribble out of their mouth, That's like down true. their chin, and another character will be grossed out by it, including the reader. And he mentioned, he, he said it was five or six books, but he mentioned that it's in Be Careful What You Wish For and is also in Say Cheese and Die Again and Monster Blood 3, which I think is. So, um, I I really loved that email. I did too. It made me really happy. Good job, Kyle. You're totally right. And he also pointed out that on another podcast, they were talking about R.L. Stein-isms and uh, the use of the word sour to describe things. Oh, yeah. Which I think it has been in our brain, but maybe we have not totally vocalized. Sour breath. Sour smell. Sour Patch Kids. Sue Snell. So let's talk about... Let's do the... Co- we haven't even talked about the cover of the book yet. Oh, we haven't even talked about the cover of the book yet. Wow. Um, the cover of the book is... I hope is... you guys are bored. Don't go to sleep. Don't don't fall asleep. Do you promise? Um, the cover of the book is um, a boy in bed. And he and like and like a really nicely tucked like Trinity the tuck, like a nice tucked bed, and his little peeper hands are coming up over the covers, and he's staring down the end of his really way too high bedpost, and there's a furry veiny purple monster hand with four fingers that's giant that's reaching up beyond the bedpost. Also in the background. There is presumably an open window because of the curtains that are flapping, and there is lightning striking in like a hot pink neoprene. <laughs> it's just neon. I just want to say neoprene. I know. Sky. Just... Um, uh, T. Jacobus, Tim Jacobus 97, does a really good job of like depth perception and like warping and fisheye. But to me, this is like kind of a flat cover doesn't it like not i don't like buy the depth perception of this one somehow yeah the cover doesn't really have anything to do with the book so much as like it's called don't go to sleep and you can kind of see a kid in bed and that's where like the similarities kind of end so let's talk about the let's do the bookmark and then i'll be done for the episode and then you can go to work okay (laughs) 
Um, so as you guys might have picked up on for the last few books, as was the trend when these books came out, they were included with little bookmarks that could be like perforated to separate to become trading cards. And there's like a trading card for every book. And so this one for number 54, Don't Go to Sleep, it has starring, it has a setting, there's a quote, and then a quote from R.L. Stein. So it's starring Matthew Amsterdam, even though they mostly say Matt in this book, whatever. Mm. Matthew Amsterdam, our narrator, he wakes up on the wrong side of reality. That's reality. Um, Greg and Pam Amsterdam, Matt's yes, totally Greg. obnoxious brother and sister. Biggie, 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 um, Matt's worst enemy. He's a little dog with a bad attitude. The setting, a nice big guest room, <laughs> sort of, a quote from the book. I'll never sleep in the guest room again. And here's a quote from Oral Stein. From Oral Stein. This story is about a boy whose life changes completely every time he goes to sleep. You know what I did as soon as I finished writing it? You guessed it. I took a nap. R.L. Jovial Beb. So as... Arl Stein points out. As we go on. This book is about Matt Amsterdam waking up on the wrong side of a parallel the wrong side of a parallel universe. It's because um, he's in living in a crash he's world. He's in living in a crash world. Matthew, do you want to explain to the listeners what that means? <laughs> I promise you guys we're gonna talk about the book at some point, but we've been gone for a while, so enjoy these chats. Gone for a while, now baggy nemini. Um, and um, one of my favorite Hilary Duff songs is Crash World. You know the song Crash World from the Us Cinderella Story soundtrack? Um, when I was younger, or maybe not when I was younger at all, like maybe yesterday, I was watching a DVD, um, and it was like a concert kind of DVD with Hilary Duff called like Hilary Duff Learning to Fly. Parts of it are on YouTube, not the whole thing. I checked. But there's like this like little bonus vin- vignette that does not exist online. I checked that as well. Um, about like Hilary Duff recording up and coming new music, which was their two songs, Now You Know and Crash World from 2004's A Cinderella Story. I want to say it's 2004. Um, and um, there's a song called Crash World, which I'll insert a clip of in a second if you haven't been blessed enough to know what it is. But the song, you guys, the chorus says, Go on, get out of my head. I'm on the wrong side of a parallel universe. Am I alive or just dead? I've been stumbling in the dark, living in a crash world. And Dan and I always giggle about the song because we're like, what does that even mean? And there's this behind the scenes <laughs> vignette inter- interviewed with, uh, inter- interview with Hillary Duff. And I, I don't have the clip and I wish I did. But they're interviewing Hillary. They're like, so tell us about Crash World. She's like, you know, I just, I'm working on this song called Crash World. And it's just basically about living on the wrong side of a parallel universe and just living in a crash world. <laughs> So I nobody really knows what that means until this book. Yeah, yeah. Matt Amsterdam, Matt Amsterdam, um, is <laughs> he's on the wrong side of a parallel universe. He's living in a crash world. So Matt is our protagonist. He's twelve years old. Hey, he's a, Matt. He's a total nerd, and the problem with his life is that he's got a. Uh, uh, an annoying he's annoying older siblings i know this is different 
He is an Isn't older that interesting. He is an older brother and older sister who constantly tease him, and he is his room is tiny and crammed with nerdy like sci-fi junk and toys and books and all this stuff. Junk that's because his room is so small and so crammed full of junk. The junk keeps falling off the shelves and bopping him on the head. Um, I'm gonna break the rules. I'm gonna do something we've never done before. Get nasty. And this is gonna really really shake your brains. Shake your body, body. Yeah, I'm going to read you the first paragraph of the book <gasps> right now. Oh, wow. Just to give you just to give you a, a concept, just to give you I don't know what word I'm thinking of. Okay. So this is how the book starts. Clonk. Ow. The Klingon got me. I rubbed my head and kicked my life-size photo of a Klingon, one of those warlike aliens on Star Trek out of the way. I'd been reaching for one of my favorite books, Ant Attack on Pluto, when the big honk of Oh, it's the word I can't say. Oh, um, cardboard. Um, fell off the top shelf and clonked me on the head. I just made that more needlessly complicated than it needed to be. My purpose of reading that paragraph was to, like, to show you that there's Star Trek pop culture references in the book, and that's kind of how this episode starts. But then also, um, to give you an idea of how crammed his book, his, his book really was. No, crammed how, how, how crammed his room really was. Do you want to explain why you can't say cardboard out loud? Um, when I lived in New York for a little bit, I had my friend Sarah, and she and I decided to ride the subway all day one day because we were 18 or something. And we dis- we were trying to entertain ourselves, and for some reason we decided to come up with words that we could never say again for the rest of our lives. And we had that day on the, on the subway, riding the F train, we had that day to say that word as much as we wanted. But after that day, we would never be allowed to say that word again. And Matthew's word is cardboard. And Daniel's word is paperclip. Thank you, yes. Yes, and one of my I friends... I can say paper, and I, I can say clip, but I can't say a paperclip. <laughs> um, well, a friend of mine's is Hillary Swank, and I think my dad's is ball game, and my mom's is paperweight. It started like a lot of office supplies. We always thought like one day we'd have a party and at the party you can say the word as much as you want or you'd like wear a t-shirt that has your word on it or whatever. Um, but mine, I, I've successfully not said it pretty much since then. And um, if, if, it, if it's come up in like a script or if I'm acting and I need to say it, I just drop the line and I, I, have, I have never actually had to say it. I've been fortunate that I haven't had to say mine either, but I, I will say that I, I think it's just allowed, it's speaking it out loud. Like I probably, you can type it, right? And text it. Yes. You just can't actually say it. Like Sarah's was griddle and another friend of mine's is noodle. And so it's, and someone's is stopwatch. And did I say Hillary Swank already? I, I don't know. You said Hillary Swank. Yeah. Um, but why don't you uh, tweet us your word that you can never say again? <laughs> and tweet it in all caps and let the world know. I just thought it was fun. So it was. It is kind of fun. Yeah. Let's face it. We're a good time. Yeah. We have. We make our own fun. Truly. Matt is skinny and small for his age. He is a round baby, little pig-like face. <sighs> He's pale and thin. Has blonde hair. Which means, you know, he like he's my type. Um, his uh, his he his older brother is Greg. He's in eleventh grade, and his older sister is um, Pam, and she's in tenth grade. The all too rare Goosebumps teens. 
Pam Amsterdam, Pamsterdam. <laughs> and they have a dog named uh, Biggie. And Biggie is a tiny little dachshund. This was mentioned in the trading card. Little dachshund that absolutely hates Matt. And Pat, pa- pa- Pat, Pam and Greg constantly give Matt nuggies and Biggie attacks him and work. And his life is terrible in this tiny room. His mom, his dad died when, they, when he was a baby. His mom is never around because she's always working two jobs. Her first job is she teaches computers during the day. And at night, um, she is typing at a law firm. And I'm not sure exactly what she is teaching to the computers. Yeah, she's, yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm sure they have, probably have a lot to learn, especially in 1997. Yeah. So, he, you know, he, as she Matthew... She works at Cyberdyne Systems, I think. Yes, that's right. Um, what's her name, Kimberly? Um, Kimberly... Kimberly Darling? No, it's Kimberly Duncan. Kimberly Duncan. That's right. So he falls asleep, as Matthew sort of pointed out, um, reading an attack on Pluto's, wakes up from this attack from Biggie, and Pam and Greg have placed Biggie in the room to just terrorize Matt. Matt's, that, Matt's life is terrible. He runs out of the room before Biggie can eat him alive and, you know, terrorize him. When his mom gets home, even though Greg was supposed to make dinner, she's like, Matt, make dinner. He's like, but Greg was supposed to. And Greg's like, but I didn't. I'm, uh-uh-uh. And Greg is, like, doing this obnoxious thing where he it has, like, a project for school or something, and he has a tape recorder, and he is out loud um, sort of documenting Matt's life. And it's like, the nerd is in his habitat. He's surrounded by nerd things and being a total nerd and saying stuff like that. And it's really obnoxious. And he's like, Mom, I haven't had time to make dinner. I'm doing my project. And Matt's like, ha oh, ha, man. And he says, Mom, can I please move into the guest room? I don't have any room in my room. And I'd love to be able to, like, you know, be away from everyone and have my own space in the guest room down the hall. And the mom is like, oh, honey, that's where grandma and grandpa sleep when they visit. And Matt's like, but they barely ever visit. And he's very upset. And Pam and Greg tease him. They're like, who cares? Like, what? where does it matter where you sleep anyway? You're always asleep. Oh, Matt can sleep anywhere. He's always falling asleep. And Matt, the, the family gets into like a little bit of a fight and, um, Matt's like, I hate you, Pam. I hate you, Greg. And his mom's like, you're going to your room. And he said, there's no room in there for me. No fares. Pam and Greg get whatever they want. So that night, Matt's like, huh, I'm going to sneak down and, and, and be a complete rebel and sleep in the guest room. So he sneaks down the hall at night and falls asleep in the guest room. And here we go. Here we go. Uh, when Matt wakes up the next morning, he hears his family downstairs bustling about in the kitchen. And he says, oh, no, did I oversleep? And then he notices down and and he he thinks his feet look big. Girl, oh, no. I think my feet getting big. He's like, my feet look big. That's weird. And then he realizes that the doorknob to the guest room seems lower than it did yesterday. And he looks in the mirror and sees he has peach fuzz on his lip. And he's probably 16 years old. Help, I'm 16. That sounds like a that sounds like a book I'd want to live in. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a dream I would want to have. So he's aged four years overnight. Yeah, and he's so confused, and because of his new big feet, he doesn't know how to use them, and he trips and falls downstairs. Oops. His family's eating breakfast, but he notices that Pam and Greg are younger than him now. They're Wait, el- what? They're 11 and 12 years old, so now they're his annoying little little siblings. And he's like, what? What's going on? I- I'm freaking out. What, you guys, what's going on? And 
Pam and Greg, like, tease him relentlessly. And Mom's like, I don't have time for this, Matt. Matt's like, you don't understand. Last night I was. But now I'm, she's like, ugh, I don't have time. Just go to school. Shut up, Matt. So he goes back to his room and sees, like, in his room that there are all these, like, big clothes. Like, and he's like, what? Like, how long have I been 16? How long have I been asleep? Where do these big, big 16-year-old clothes come from? And... Biggie comes into the room and, like, licks him. And he's like, no, something's definitely wrong. Biggie loves me now. Oh, God. Mom drives him to school. Matt gets out at the middle school with Pam and Greg. And she's like, what are you doing? Do what? You're going, you don't go to that middle school. You go to high school. (laughs) You go to high school. So he's like, no. And so he has to go to high school that day. Help, no, please. Isn't this book terrifying? I'm so scared. As soon as he walks into the high school, this big bully approaches him and says, I'm going to get you later for what you did yesterday. (laughs) And he said, what? But I was 12 yesterday. And then the bell rings. And Matt's like, I don't even know where to go. I'm just going to run into the nearest classroom. And when he sits down, he realizes he's he's in a calculus class. No, now this is too scary. And the teacher's like, Matt, what are you doing in here? You're in the wrong class. Get out of here. And he's like, uh, okay. Runs out into the hall, and a teacher happens to be poking poking his head out the door and says, oh, there you are. Late again, Amsterdam. And calls him into class, and this is English class. And you thought calculus was scary? Guess what they're doing in English class? They're, they're reading, reading Anna, Anna Karenina. Karenina. And he's like, oh, no. He says, Matt, could you pick up where we left off? Why don't you read from Anna Karenina? And he's like, I, I don't I don't even have a book. At this point, I was like, does he even have a backpack? Is he even wearing clothes? <laughs> so, And so he's like, I don't have a book. And, and the teacher says, hey, Robertson, give him a book. And a girl sitting next to Matt gives him, gives him her book. And Matt says, thanks, Robertson. And the girl <laughs> kind of frowns at him. Um he can't read the book because it's filled with big names. Like Karenina and Karenina. Big, long and words and Russian names, and it's truly a nightmare. And after he struggles through this long passage, the teacher says, now what does that mean? And he's like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I need that. Can I go to the bathroom? And he says, yeah, you can. And while you're there, you can go to the principal's office. Yeah, while you're there, you can go to the principal's office. So Matt like goes out to the hallway, finds a door that says principal on it. And he's like, I'm not going to – what am I doing? I'm not going to go to the principal's office. I don't even know what's happening. But then he sees that bully coming towards him. No, please. So he's like, principal's office it is. So he slips into the principal's office. The principal is a woman named Mrs. McNabb. Mrs. McNasty? That's right. Um, Mrs. McNasty. (sighs) And – she says, We're calling her that for the rest of this. You're right. She says, what's the problem? And he's like, uh, you know, like, I, I, you don't understand. I can't be in high school. I haven't completed, like, I, I'm 12 years old. I haven't learned. I haven't taken any of these classes. This is a big mistake. This is all a big mistake. And Mrs. McNabb says, I know it is. <gasps> and she's like, he says, what? He's like, so you know? Like, you know what's going on? She's, she's like, yes, of course I know. I know you read lots of science fiction. You're just trying to get out of gym class. And then she shows him transcripts from the past four years. Said you she did had take- them ready. She said, you did take class, you know, the past four you years. Did. You did eat all the chips. You did pass. You are 16. Like Now stop trying to get out of gym class and go to gym class. And all of a sudden, it's time for gym class. <sighs> And at gym class, you thought Anna Karenina and calculus was bad. In gym class, it's volleyball. No, please. Actually, volleyball's not that bad. Mm, it's actually not that bad. 
do you know one of my favorite things uh, in in PE was uh, for a while, for at least freshman year, we played badminton, and I was pretty good at it. I don't know shit about badminton. Badminton is like tennis, except instead of with a tennis ball, it's like a fluffy little birdie. I think it's called, which is like a little red ball with um, wow, keep white, your eye on the birdie. White plastic sort of like cone wings. And it just floats gracefully through the air, and it's a very easy and relaxing, and I was bullied a lot. Yeah, for sure. So uh, it, during during volleyball, Matt is getting not used to his big floppy body, so he, kept, he keeps slapping kids in the face and hitting, smacking them in the, bunging them in the head, and he sends two different kids to the nurse. But because he unintentionally injures them pretty badly. Oh, nurse. And the teacher gets so mad at him, he says, hit the showers. But instead of hitting the showers with his fists, he runs straight out of the school and like just is like, I'm done and runs out of school. And he's almost like on his way out. But when he's out front, he runs into this girl and he sends her books flying all over the place. And this girl is a pretty girl with sparkling blue eyes and a thick blonde She's a pretty girl. She's always falling down. And she looks like she's about Matt's age. And Matt, like, helps her pick up the books. Is it Robertson? Is it Robertson? He's like, can I pick up, uh, let me help you pick up your books. And he actually bumps his head into hers. Oh, my stupid floppy head. And he's like, I'm sorry. And all of a sudden, Mrs. McNasty shows up. From the like the door and spots him as he as she's like coming outside and he just runs away, he runs away from the blonde girl, runs away from Mrs. McNasty, runs all the way runs home, runs away and never returns, and basically watches TV at home until uh, Pam and Greg get home from middle school and they're like, "Make me a snack, make me a snack." And he's like, "Oh God, life couldn't be worse. Life couldn't be easier for them." So that night, Matt goes to his room to go to sleep, but it's Pam's room, which I think is a mistake. Amsterdam, because uh, earlier in the book, I think R. Alstein commented or wrote that Matt went back to his room and saw that there was like his like sixteen year old sized clothes. But now I guess it's Pam's room. I'm not sure what, what how that worked out. I don't but. know. I'm so tired. I just have to go to sleep. No, don't go to sleep. I'm already no Matthew. So he ends up having to sleep in the guest room again because yeah. and when he wakes up. This time, he hears his mom's voice calling him for breakfast. Avon calling. But his mom's voice sounds a little different. And when he gets downstairs, he sees that it's not even his mom. It's another woman. And there's a man that's sitting next to her. And and he's like, who are you? And, and basically, the guy's like, oh, I'm your dad, silly. And he says, no, my dad has been dead since I was a baby. This is actually kind of frightening to have, like, a set of parents that are not your parents that are telling you that they are your parents. Yes, and the fake parents say, Matt, stop it. Stop being weird. Now hurry up. Your dad's going to drive you to school. I'm your dad now. No, I'm your father. And Matt's like, what? And he gets in his dad's car and, like, uh, goes to, like, and his dad drops him off at school. And it's a different school than the one he went to yesterday one he's never seen before and he runs into that blonde girl with a ponytail again and And do we establish her name Lacey Mm. and he says hey I remember you we met yesterday remember and she says are you new here and he says yes I you can say that and he's like what what's your first class and Lacey says mine's lunch what's yours 
And that's like, um, I think that's probably mine too. Yeah, lunch. And she says the school is so crowded and so busy that they have to, like, not all the kids can fit into the cafeteria at the same time. So they have different, like, lunch periods. And she's been assigned lunch at 8 a.m. So... So that doesn't make any sense. And if my first class was lunch at 8 a.m., you better believe my ass would be sleeping in at home. Okay. So he ends up getting lunch and eating lunch with Lacey outside. And he looks to see in his bag what he has for lunch. outside. And his fake mom packed him everything he hates, which is bologna with ketchup. Ew, sick. Carrots. Gross. And vanilla pudding. Yummers. As they're eating, he's like, listen, Lacey, I don't know what's happening to me, but... Yesterday, I was, I woke up and I was 16, and my life is different, and everything's crazy, and, and, and he looks up to see that there are two guys coming towards them. They're, they look to be about 16 or 17 years old. So many teens in this book. I know, it's so sexy. Mm. Um, they are wearing all black and walking towards them. One has a blue bandana, and the other one has his t-shirt sleeves ripped off to show off his beefy arms. And they both have nasty, shanasty looks on their face. <laughs> and they say, point and they say, there he is, get, get him. him. <laughs> so they start chasing him and he starts running. And Lacey kind of stops for a second and tries to block them, which Matt, Matt notices and thinks, hey, that's pretty cool. Lacey seems like a cool girl. And starts to, he runs out of the school and into this weird neighborhood that he does not recognize. And he wanders and runs and runs until somehow he finds himself back to his house. And he can't get in, so he breaks in through the kitchen window. Uh-huh. And he decides he's going to call his Uncle Andy and his Aunt Morgret. And when <laughs> his Aunt Morgret. But when he calls them, he says, Uncle Andy. And it's an angry man on the phone and says, sorry, wrong number. Sorry. Phone ain't working. So he calls information and says, hi, could you connect me with Uncle Andy and Aunt Margaret, please? <laughs> and they say, we, we're sorry. We don't have records of either an Andy or a Margaret. He says, what? So he decides to call his cousin Chris. But it's, sorry, wrong number. Could you call my cousin Chris, please? Just a second. I'm sorry. There is no cousin Chris. His mom, his fake mom shows up, with, shows, home, shows up home with groceries. You're not my mother. Don't touch me. And she says, what are you doing home? And he says, none of your beeswax. Bitch. And she said, don't be rude. And in his brain, he says, what difference does it make? She's not my real mother, and she never will be. (laughs) So, um, you know, cut to bedtime, and fake mother's like, time for bed. And he sees that his room, his old room, is now a sewing room. So he has to fall asleep in the guest room again. Don't go to sleep. Do you see the distinction? Mm. Do you see what's happening here? Yeah. So this time when he wakes up, he hears the sound of an accordion downstairs. And he checks the mirror in the bathroom, and he sees that now he looks to be about eight years old. Oh, no. I'm a little baby. And as he's looking at himself in the mirror, he feels tiny claws digging into his back. And he sees that it's a monkey, a monkey pulling on his back. Mm, I got this monkey on my back. And his, quote, dad shows up. And he's like, Matt, what are you doing? And his new dad is a big, burly man with a black mustache wearing a gold and red outfit. So he's Circus Santa. 
He's Circus Santa, and he makes Matt put on a tight blue and white striped costume, and his mom is screaming from downstairs, Grub! Tab for Grub! And it turns out Matt is in a circus family <laughs> with six brothers and sisters who are shoveling down pancakes, and his mom is, is, is doling them out. She's dressed up in a purple gown with a silver crown. And she's like, hurry, eat your pancakes, eat your flapjacks. It's almost time to hop in the van for rehearsal. What? And Matt's like, what's going on and he hops in the van and they they drive to rehearsals brothers and sisters are fighting with him the whole way until they come to a big circus tent and his sisters start practicing like trapeze and there are like clowns everywhere and elephants and he's led by his dad his dad has a big fat whip and takes him to the to these animal cages where he's told to get into a cage with a lion no please and it turns out his dad is a lion tamer and he's trying to teach Matt how to become a lion tamer no I'm allergic to cats I can't I'm sorry he wants him to get on top of the lion's back on Hercules' back Hercules Hercules could you hand me the book please and Matt's like, and Matt's scared and says, I don't, I don't want to get on Hercules. He says, what? You're afraid. The what? No son of mine is a coward. You get on that lion's back now. Just watch that he doesn't bite you. Remember your poor brother, Tom? He's still trying to learn how to write left-handed. Ugh. And Matt's like, no. So Matt makes a run for it, runs outside, and runs into Lacey. Lacey, what are you doing here? He says, and he's like, I don't have time. Please help me hide. So they try and hide, and they see that not only... Um, is he sort of like running from his dad, but they're the two guys in black are back. Wait a second, those two teens, the one with the blue bandana, the one with the blue bonnet? Yes, and he says, they hurry, and there are trailers behind the circus tent, and they try to hide in one of the trailers, but none of the doors are open, so he just decides to run back into the tent, but because he's been outside, his eyes haven't adjusted to the light, and the, pe- the tent looks pitch black, and he just runs blindly right into the lion's cage, oh, right to, into Hercules's cage. No. And the two guys in black follow him in, but they get scared by Hercules. And Matt's like, well, yeah. Matt says, you should be scared. Hercules will attack. He'll attack on command. In fact, if he wants to attack, if he if he wants, and basically um, Hercules does sort of try and attack the two of them. And they close the door in time and leave Matt in the cage with Hercules and say, we'll be back. And Matt's like, ha, ha, good kitty, good kitty, ha, 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 ha. But Matt ends up, as soon as they leave, he goes and hides inside the van and sits inside the van for the rest of the day by himself until the day is over. And when they get back in the van, the family gets back in the van, the dad's like, yeah, you better learn that Hercules trick tomorrow. And he's like, yeah, right. Who knows what will happen to me tomorrow? And that night he can't sleep in his room because his brothers are literally crawling all over it. So he has to sleep in the guest room again. So this time when he wakes up, he wakes up as a very, very old man. And it is the Haunted Mass 2. And he's like, I can't, I can't. And as soon as he realizes he's an old man, he says, I'm sorry, I can't do this. And he decides to go right back to sleep. <laughs> and this time when Smartest he wakes thing he's done all book. Yep. This time when he wakes up, he wakes up as a slimy green monster. Matthew, describe to me what this monster looks like. Well... This slimy green monster has black stripes, four ears, three spikes on his head, and he can't even speak. He just roars. So he decides to go looking for Lacey because he feels like Lacey's the common thread and she may be able to help him or something. But as he's running through the town looking for Lacey, he's causing mayhem and terror because of what he looks like. 
Oh, and also he realizes he's hungry, desperately hungry for metal, crunchy car metal. And he starts causing car accidents and eating steering wheels and windshield wipers. And very quickly, a mob forms, and it's Monster Blood 3. And the police are looking for him, and he's running and running and sees Lacey in the crowd. And she kind of, like, motions towards him and says, follow me. So Monster Matt runs through the woods, follows her to a tiny house hidden by all these trees and vines, and and they hide inside the house. And once inside the house, he sees that those two guys dressed in black are there. And they say, thank you for bringing him to us. Good job. Oh, Lacey, I thought I could trust you. And so they capture him with this very special net that he can't get out of and lock him in a tiny room with a tiny barred window. And Matt doesn't know what else to do but fall asleep. Oh, okay, cool. And when With he, his four ears and his three horns and, and when, his black stripes. And when he wakes up, he looks down at his naked body and sees that he's probably about 14 years old, like a little bigger than the 12-year-old, but smaller than the 16-year-old. And Lacey comes in with the two guys, Wayne and Bruce. Oh, okay. <laughs> and Hi, I'm Bruce. Hi, I'm Wayne. And basically they explain what's been going on. Matt says, tell me what's been happening to me. They say, don't be afraid. We'll explain everything. You see, you're trapped in a reality warp. Let's places. see, you're trapped in a crash world. I can't seem to break free. Come on, get out of my head. I'm on the wrong side of a parallel universe. Am I alive or just dead? I've been summoned in the dark and living in a crash world. Matt, what you're doing is you're living on the wrong side of a parallel universe. I knew it. Shit. He said, I knew something weird was going on. Um, And she says, you don't know what a reality warp is, do you? He says, no, but I know that I don't like it. She said, when you fell asleep in your guest room, you fell into a hole in reality. He said, there's a hole in reality in the guest room? She said, you fell asleep in one reality and then woke up in another. You've been stuck in that hole ever since. Now, whenever you go to sleep, you change what is real and wasn't what and what isn't real. He says, make it stop. And Bruce Bruce says, I'll stop you. And Lacey says, Bruce, please. Bruce. She says, Wayne. you're breaking the law, Matt. Every time you change, you break the laws of reality. He says, I'm not doing it on purpose. I have never even heard of the laws of reality. She says, I know you're not doing it on purpose, but it doesn't matter. It's happening. When you change bodies, you change what is real and what isn't real for a lot of people. If you keep changing, you'll ho- you'll throw the whole world into confusion. It'll become a crash world. I just want to be normal. I'll do anything to stop it. And she I'm says, I'm just trying to be me, doing what I got to do. Some people think that I'm sitting on top of the world, sitting on top of the world. Wayne says, don't worry, we're going to stop it. And Lacey says, you see, we're the reality police. Our job is to keep reality under control. We've been trying to keep up with you, Matt. It hasn't been easy with all of the changes you've made. We had to capture you. We can't allow you to break the reality laws. He says, it's the guest room, right? I guess I, I'll just I'll just never sleep in the guest room again. I don't mind if I don't change back to my own self. This skinny 14-year-old body isn't so bad. This 14-year-old naked body isn't so bad. And Lacey's like, no, no, it's too late for that, Matt. You see, you're trapped in the hole. It doesn't matter whether, whether you sleep in the guest room or not. It's every time you go to sleep and wake up, you change reality no matter where you are. And he says, so I can never fall asleep again. She says, well, that's not quite it. And 
he's like, well, what are you going to do? She said, I'm sorry. You seem like a nice guy, but we have no choice. We have, we have to put you to sleep forever. And he says, no. And he tries no. to run, but they stop him and basically just keep him locked in the room. And he can overhear them talking about how they're going to give him a sleeping potion and they're going to make him swallow it. And he's like, I know the only way out of this room is to fall asleep. And good thing he can just sleep anywhere. Good thing he's such a good sleeper. Yeah. He said, maybe I'll wake up I'll wake up somewhere new. He, he, and his mom said, his mom used to say, you could sleep even in a hurricane. His real mother. So he tried to remember that lullaby that she used to sing him when he was little, that one about pretty ponies. <laughs> and so he hums it to himself pretty and ponies. curls up on the floor Dance as bright daylight pours in and he falls ponies. dead asleep immediately. And when he wakes up, you guys, he realizes that everything's exactly the same. He's still in the room and he's like, oh no. But when he screams, oh no, it comes out like this. And he's like, oh no, I forgot to look down at my body. And he sees that he's not a 14 year old skinny oh, no, naked I woke white up boy. And I forgot to look down at my body. He's a tiny little eight inch squirrel. Oh, wow. So uh, now it's the barking ghost. So he crawls up the wall and out out through the barred window, out into the woods, and through the town. I'm and, a squirrel now. And because of how squirrels work, he thinks he can smell his house from there. Oh, okay. And he scampers across the street, but he forgot to look both ways, and a car comes peeling around the corner. Big, fat, black tires no, bearing please. down on him. But no. the tires just screech. They stop right in front of him. They even touch his tiny little squirrel ear. Ow, my four ears. Then he starts... What? Oh, for the monster. Yeah. Then he starts... He It's it's quite a trick-or-treat to get to his house. It's like a video game. He's dodging dogs, cats, bikes, cores, all the way to his house. And he's like, all right, cool. My new plan to send reality back to normal is to fall asleep in my room. But... Like, who knows if it'll work, but, like, what else am I going to do? Yeah. But he... Hunt for nuts? He gets back to his house, sees that the window isn't open to his room. So he's like, how am I going to get up there? But he sees that... uh, He can see his family. He can see uh, Greg and Pam and his mom and through the living room window. And Biggie, too. And he, like like pops up at the window, like does a cute little face and Pam sees him and says, oh look, it's a squirrel. I want to play with him. Oh, there's the squirrel out there. I want to play with him. Then I want to kill him and eat him. So she opens the window and says, come here, you little squirrel. Hey, Greg, put Biggie in the basement so he won't bother this cute little squirrel. <laughs> and so uh, she brings uh, Matt squirrel inside and she's like, "His mo- their mom sees the squirrel and says, oh, Pam, get that dirty little thing out of this house. Nasty little bitch. And Matt kind of runs away for a while and tries to run through the house, but Pam... I run away. Pam catches him. He's trying to get upstairs, but Pam catches him in the kitchen and she says, get, a, get rid of it. She says, okay. So she takes Matt to the door and says, all right, bye, you cute little squirrel, and says that really loudly and slams the door so the mother thinks she got rid of the squirrel, but instead she sneaks him upstairs. Clever girl. And locks him inside of a hamster cage in her room. No, please, I'm stuck. And then she brings him some nuts to eat, and then she leaves mm. to make a phone call. And Matt's so happy to eat those nuts that he's just having such a great time. Mm, sometimes you feel like a nut. And then R.L. Stein, as Matt, or Matt says... He he real he forgets. He's so content for a second that he forgets what position he's in. He says, like a moron, I just sat there gobbling on nuts. <laughs> and then he... He probably hasn't eaten in a long time. 
That's true. He notices that the cage door is open, so he escapes and tries to get down to his room, but sees that the door to his room is closed. Oh, damn it. And so in, instead of maybe hiding somewhere and waiting to see if he can get in there, he decides the best course of action is to just run out of the house completely. Oh, okay. Cool, cool, cool. Before Pam or his mom even caught him. So he just goes out the living room, climbs up a tree, and play, prays that when he wakes up that he is a human being. Oh, same. That's so he wakes up to this night. crash, and he is like hurtling through the wrong side of the parallel universe. And he crashes into the world on a crash world. And he lands. Welcome in a crash world. And he lands hard on the ground, and he realizes that yes, he 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 woke up as a human and fell out of the tree. But then he sees that he's a very very chubby blimp-sized boy. So now it is say cheese and die again. Mm -hmm. Your greatest hits from all of your favorites. I always find it a little uncomfortable when R.L. Stein makes a point of horror being really fat. Yeah. It's, like, a little uncomfortable, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, sometimes Arl Stein's a little uncomfortable. That's true. So he tries the, to get into the front door, and he knocks, and his mom answers. And he says, Mom, it's me, Matt. And she says, I'm sorry. I don't know anyone named Matt. No. And Matt says, no, but I know I look fat, but it, it's me. You used to sing me that lullaby, remember? The, 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 the ponies. The pretty, pretty ponies. I need to sleep. I need to sleep in my old room. And Pam and Greg come to the door and like, who is this? And Matt screams, please, Mom, let me go upstairs and sleep in my room. And Greg says, who is this wacko? And the mom slams the door in his face. And then he turns around in and sees... that face. He sees Lacey, Bruce, and Wayne running towards him. Oh, no, please. As if this day couldn't get any worse. It's the reality police. So he runs across his neighbor's yard and then sort of like cuts back or doubles back through the backyard and like hides in some shrubs. and sends, Stay out of the backyard. And sends, them, and sends Bruce and Lacey and the reality police like uh, off in the wrong direction. And they can't find him. And he decides to hide in the shrubs literally all day long. Until nighttime. So he hides there for about 14 hours. And he waits until he sees all the lights go off in the house. And then waits 30 extra minutes to make sure everybody's asleep. Then he goes to the front of the house. Or I, I think it's the front of the house. And he climbs the tree that is in front of his window. And it's really hard to climb the tree because he's so fat. He's honestly so, so fat. But he manages to get up to the tree and... There's a branch that leads towards his window, but he has to hang onto the gutter above the window for support to, mm -hmm. like, sort of swing him onto his window ledge. But he is so fat that when he hangs on the gutter, it starts to crack and fall off because he's so fat. And as he's dangling from the gutter, he managed to swing onto the windowsill and open the window and tumble inside. And Arlstein spends a lot of time talking about how fat Matt is. Yeah, fat Matt. He sees that no one is in his room, and he's so relieved. And his room looks normal, how he remembers it, and he decides to just go to sleep. Good night. So the next morning, Biggie comes into his room and terrorizes him. And his mom yells at him. It's his real mom's voice. And Pam and Greg pop in and tease him horribly. And he's like, oh, my God, everything's back to normal. I'm 12. I'm my, it's my same body. I'm young. I'm skinny. I'm blonde. I am so fab. Check out, I'm blonde. I'm skinny. I'm rich. And I'm a little bit of a bitch. And he's like, this is great. This is so great. And even as he's terrorized by his family and his dog, he's like, I love this. 
he's like, I can't wait to go to school. And I can't wait to see Lacey. <laughs> and when he gets to school, he sees a girl with thick blonde ponytail in the hallways. Oh my God, it's Lacey. It's Lacey. But it turns around and it's just some girl. Oh. And he has a terrible day at school. I want to be like some girls. But he loves, I want to be like, I want to be like. He loves, he loves his terrible day at school. And when he gets home from school, he's like, I had a terrible day, but I loved every second of it. And his mom is home. And she says, I have a surprise for you for your birthday this week. And he's like, oh, it's been so crazy the past couple of days. I forgot my birthday is happening soon. Oh. So she takes him up to his room and it's filled with all of these cardboard boxes. <gasps> Gorgeous. And he says, are these presents for me? She says, no, I've made your room a storage closet. I've been listening to you and I know what you really want for your birthday. And she throws open the guest room door and says, happy birthday, Matt. Welcome to your new room no. burr, burr. now I'm gonna read the last paragraph of the book <laughs> my mouth fell open I started to scream <laughs> the end that's great I know it was so scary I really love that I mean love such a strong word when I reread it when I was 16, I gave it a C minus, and I agree with that. I might even give it a C minus. Uh, so let's talk about the TV episode. Do we have to? No. Lol. So the TV episode came out, um, or aired on September 20th, 1997, which is not too long after the book came out. It was season three, episode four. And y'all, this one's real different from the book. Yeah, it's like kind of inspired by the book, I guess. But it's very different. In fact, I think it's one of the ones that is most different. Or one of the more different ones from the book. Uh, it's a it's it's um it's a crap world. Yeah, it's it's, it's really bad. I would I would recommend I think watching it if you're like really high, you should watch it. But if you're really high, definitely don't watch it. So Things are a little different in the in the TV episode. Matt, it Matt does have an older sister, Pam, and an older older brother, Greg, and a mom who's very busy doing things. But the whole idea of the episode is not that Matt needs his own space and he's bullied a bunch. It's that Matt feels like he's young, so he can't do anything that he wants to do. And they really half-assed this whole idea. I mean, I think. The idea is supposed to be this, like, you know, Tales from the Crypty, I wish reality were different kind of thing. And then you get a taste of what reality could be like. And then you're, like, dying to go back to reality and you wish you could be 12 again. Um, which I guess is kind of somewhat the idea of the book, I suppose. But the TV episode opens with, can I just say that this episode, like, looks the most dated out of any it episode we've really watched? It does look pretty dated. And I don't know whether or not this is on purpose or not, because, like, the set dressing is really, really bad, and it kind of looks like a shitty 70s sitcom, and, like, everyone's kind of dressed like they're, like, extras on Scooby-Doo, you know what I mean? Like, um, and I, I don't know whether, like, the ugly, high-key lighting, garish, like, kind of... Um, just world that the house is that doesn't look like an authentic real house it couldn't look more like a set i don't know whether it's just like that's goosebumps and that's how it looks or it's supposed to be kind of bad dreamy do you know what i mean yeah i, I might be giving it, it too just, much credit i think it's just you know it's a low budget show yeah and like 
Pam's whole thing in this book is she's like constantly on the phone, but she's like always on the phone in the room with everyone else. So it's like the mom and Matt are like there and she's constantly on her cell phone being like, she's not on her cell phone. What it is is she has her own phone line. Oh, that's right. And Matt's like, why can't I get my own phone line? And the mom's like, well, when you're older, you can get whatever you, you know, like you got to wait till you're older. And Greg is like, I'm going out. I'm driving the car. And he's like, why? You know, why can't I stay out late? And the mom's like, when you're older, you can. And the can. mom's like, that's reality, Matt. They keep saying, like, that's reality. That's not fair. How come I never get anything I want? Greg gets to stay out late. Pam gets her own phone line. Look, honey, I know it's frustrating, but you won't be 12 forever. Pretty soon you'll be able to do everything your brother and sister are doing. I don't want to be 12. I hate being the youngest. Sorry, that's the way it is. That's reality, Matt. She goes, be glad you're 12. And he's like, I'm not glad. So she, the mom goes out for some kind of mysterious errand. Greg goes out to take the car. Pat, Pam's yammering away, wearing her scarf like she's fucking Daphne on Scooby-Doo. And is just standing in rooms talking on the phone when other people are in the room. And so Matt decides to go up to the attic. There is no guest room in this episode. There is just and, the attic. Yeah, it's the attic. And he's going up there to like, we never see his room. No. And he basically says, Mom, can I move into the attic? And she's like, no, honey. You can get what you want when you're older. And he's like, oh, I hate being young. Mm. So he takes a comic book and, like, goes at the attic. And the and attic a is one of the... and is, like, sleeping The bag. attic is, like, one of those where you pull a string in the ceiling and, like, the stairs come down type thing. And I'm like, girl, I don't know why anyone would want to be up in that attic anyway. It's and dusty and dark. And there's, like, a dressmaker's dummy with a stupid hat that he kind of, like, has a conversation with. And there's, there's like, a thi- dirty mattress. Yes. And there's that thing that happens in, only in Goosebumps television episodes where there's, like, thunder and lightning outside but no rain. And so, like, that thing happens. And he kind of just, like, pulls out his flashlight. Oh, it's 11-11. Make a wish while we're recording this. Um, hold on. Let me – what – yeah, that's my wish. Ugh. Um, okay. Um, and he kind of has like a conversation with the stupid dressmaker's dummy, and he's kind of like, I hate being young. I'm not too young. What are you talking about, you dumb dummy? Real- reality, who, who needs, needs it? it? I hate reality. Not old enough. Like, what's going to happen? And he goes to read his comic book by a flashlight, and then he like falls asleep within mere seconds. And as soon as he falls asleep, the fan and the ceiling of the attic starts to spin on its own. There's lightning and thunder outside, and then the bed itself kind of spins in like this kind of nightmare sequence. And, and then it spins and spins and spins and spins and spins. And then and Matt, Matt wakes up and he comes down to like the kitchen or whatever and he's like tired and like there's like a phone call and like, you know, Pam picks up the phone or whatever and she's like rolling her eyes and she gives the phone to Matt. She's like, it's, it's for, for you. you, of course. And Matt's like, what are you talking about? And Matt like gets this phone call of someone like wanting to give him an, an endorsement. And then it turns out in this world that Matt is waking up in, he's like, he made the all-star team. He's a hockey star and like... All of a sudden, like, he's, like, this big hockey star and he needs to go to his big game. And this thing happens where, um, like, a car pulls up outside of the Amsterdam house. And I, we're just going to call them the men in black. <laughs> it's not teenagers that are, like, you know, wearing bandanas and have beefy arms. Instead, it's, like, basically, like, poor man's 
poor man's uh, men in black because you have like an older white guy and then you have like a younger black guy who is like um and all of a sudden this like hip-hop song kind of starts playing where voices start saying truth is stranger than fiction that's reality and it's like this like <coughs> truth is stranger than fiction that's reality Nothing so strange as fiction. That's reality. That's reality. Life is on the road. That's reality. The only real truth is that of the mind. So a body follows with reality. There's kind of like this hip hop motif in this episode, which is really, really strange. And we start to see that these men in black are following Matt. Um, and the black guy, we know him from. Um, he was the teacher, teacher and you can't, and scare, you can't me. scare me. And he was also Octavia Spencer's husband in the just okay um, Best Picture winner in 2017, The Shape of Water. And so already this is like so different from the book. Uh, he is, Matt has to play this hockey game. And there's, it's kind of like a nightmare sequence of a hockey game. We never see the crowds. It's just like a spotlight on him in complete darkness playing hockey. And basically he's the, they're like, you know, there's a coach that's yelling at him that's literally wearing a sweater that says coach on it. But like over the over the Everything's sweater. Everything's very over the top. He's dressed like a carnival barker and he's wearing like a plaid suit. And there's everybody screaming at Matt to like play his best hockey game or something. And he's like, I can't. I'm just 12. I don't even know what I'm doing. And Matt, even though the, the scenarios start changing around Matt, Matt is always himself. He's not older. He's not like... Younger, he's not a squirrel. He's just 12-year-old Matt, but put in these crazy situations. So the first one is like a really intense hockey game. And then and he starts to see that the rival hockey players are the men in black dressed as hockey players. And and then the ref is one of the men in black that's like, you know, yelling at him and saying like, you're not supposed to be here. And he's like, you're right. And they like chase him. And basically Matt just like skates away and then like dives through a glowing hockey goal. And as he dives through, we do the time warp again. And then he's in another scenario. So the next scenario is he is a surgeon and he's like a a world renowned brain surgeon about to do brain surgery on the president. And there's like these two freaky nurses and these these actors who play the nurses, there's this one like kind of heavy ish set woman. And then like a guy with kind of like a, um, with like bad skin who's like kind of I think they're supposed to be like freaky looking I think and they're like um, they'll they'll be in all the scenarios we have coming up but they he's like Matt's like you don't understand I'm not a doctor and the nurse is like you're right you're not a doctor you're a genius quickly doctor the patient's baby there's been a mistake I'm not a doctor it's true you're a genius the most brilliant brain surgeon in the world ready for surgery surgery Yes, the president is under anesthesia and ready to be operated. The president? Yes. And they're like, take off your skates. It's time to operate. And right before the, like, it's really tense. A lot of fisheye lens, sort of like nightmare-y sort of um, feel to it. And right before he's about, like, he has like a buzz saw that he's supposed to cut through the president's skull. In order to get out of it, Matt just like jumps into the air. Yeah, that's just like how you get out of things. You just run and jump. And then there's like a, a, a time warp swirl, and then he ends up in this, like, uh, I don't know what you call it, like a factory? I guess so. It looks like a basement factory with a bunch of pipes, and it turns out now he's like a famous bomb diffuser and needs to diffuse some bomb. It, it, the sequence actually goes on for a little while, where 
when he first like arrives at that location, he's like wandering by himself for a little while. And it just felt like it was dragging. And both Matthew and I, as we were watching it together, we got very bored. Yeah, I fell asleep. Ha 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 ha. So he has to like defuse, he finds, he finds, you know, some people and they're like, there you are. We need to defuse this bomb. And they're like, which wire is it? And he's like, I don't know. They're like, five seconds left. Come on. Oh, Matt Amsterdam, such a joker. But really, tell us which one. Tell us which wire. And he's like, I don't, I don't, I don't. And before the bomb is about to go off, it's just the time warp again. Yeah. And this time it is, It's is, is it the wedding day one? Yes. All of a sudden, this like really sexy, mid-tempo, mid-90s alternative rock music yeah. plays. And Matt is like at his wedding. Again, he's like a little boy. And the wedding is like this ugly, rainy afternoon. And there's like 12 people there. And he like walks up the aisle. And his mom's like, I'm so proud of you, Matt. And he walks up to his wife. And the wife like lifts up, lifts up her like white veil or whatever. And again, it's fisheye lens. And it's the same actress who's playing like the nurse earlier. Except now she has warts on her face and gaps in her teeth. And she's eating an onion. She was like, you kept me waiting on my wedding day. Every time. supposed to be like oh no he's marrying an ugly woman this is so terrible and um and like the men in black are there at the wedding and he's like no and he like kind of jumps in the air and again he's in another scenario and this one what is this one this one where he this is he's in complete darkness but like oh, yes sees a set of doors that say the supreme court of the universe or something and he was he basically is like where am i what am i doing here and or he see I think he says where am I and the, one of the men in black shows up says you're in trouble, and and they reveal that they like show their badges and they they're like we're the reality police and it turns out like Matt is there at the court because he's in a court he's being tried for crimes against reality and a ch- like a rolling chair comes out of the darkness like flying forward like like shoves Matt into its seat and like bursts through the doors of the court and he comes up to like. A real cheap set of a, uh, like a, like a judge at his, you know, I don't know, what do you call that? His judge's thing. The gavel? Yeah, but like, what do you call where the, the judge is? Anyway. Yeah, the, the witness stand. Sure. And it's this judge with long, a long curly white fake wig and it's like, Matt, you're under blah, blah, blah. How do you plead? And they show like clips of like a like the evidence for the case. It's just Matt and the judge in there. The evidence for the case is like a, a repeating clip of Matt earlier in the episode saying, "I hate reality. I hate reality. And he's I like, hate." This is you in the tape, isn't it? And he was like, "Yeah, you're guilty for crimes against reality." Guilty. Will the defendant please rise? Joseph Amsterdam are charged with crimes against reality. How do you plead? Well, I don't know what you're talking about. 
slams the gavel and like this vortex opens below yeah, this, like, him and his seat. butthole opens up beneath him and he's like no no and it's like kind of slow motiony and like not very good and then he wakes up right yeah and then he wakes up and his mom's like in the attic and she's like hey you what are you doing up here wake up wake up and so he's like what and like comes down from like the ladder in the attic in the hallway and there's this kind of hilarious scene where, Ridiculous. Of, of course, Pam is on her phone line just standing in the hallway. And um, the mom's like, what were you doing up there, you know, Matt or whatever? And then it cuts to, like, Pam on the phone goes, I don't know. It's just my mom. And then, like, Matt's like, I was in the attic. And then Pam goes, I don't know. He was in the attic or something like that. <laughs> I'll insert the clip. It made me laugh. I fell asleep and I had the worst dream. Oh, hi, Mom. Oh, it's just my mom. It was horrible. Everyone was trying to make me do things that were way too hard for a kid. Didn't you even notice Matt was up in the attic the whole time I was gone? Uh, I guess not. I don't know. My brother was up in the and attic. there were these men cheating. And so, like, the mom's like, um, you know, I thought about it, Matt. Maybe you are old enough to stay in the attic. And Matt's like, no, I want to stay here. Like, reality's great. Life is thanks... No thanks. Life is just so good the way that it is. And it's like, this is where, like, the whole, like, you know, arc of this story doesn't really satisfy or make much sense at all. Because it's like Matt learned his lesson to not like reality because instead he could be diffusing bombs or, you know, getting married to a woman who eats an onion. And so then he's like, you know, I'm done with, I'm back to reality for sure. And she's like, well, you left your things in the attic. You have to go back up there and get them. And Matt's like, no, I don't want to go up there. Please don't make me. She's like, go up there and get your stuff. So, like, Matt goes up to the attic. And then when he gets up there, um, the reality police are up there. Like, the men in the black are there. And he was like, oh, no. And then they say, like, this is just the beginning. And then the hip-hop music starts playing. The ceiling trapdoor of the attic closes on its own. the fan starts spinning. The fan starts spinning. And then the episode abruptly ends. What? I don't know. That's reality. I do think that it probably makes more sense to have the reality police be more like men in black type figures as opposed to just teenagers wearing black. Yeah, that didn't really make a whole lot of sense. But, you know, none of this makes a whole lot of sense. And You know, who honestly cares? Yeah, that's true. So, you guys, please don't go to sleep. Yeah, do, are you still awake? Are you guys awake? Are you going to wake up as a monster with four ears craving that metal? Are you going to wake up as a naked little squirrel baby? <gasps> Stop. I mean... You guys can say hey to us if you like. We, You can email us at welcometodeadcast at gmail.com. We appreciate all your feedback and the cool things that you send us. And say, we love going through the emails and giggling and sharing. Or you can reach, us to, reach out to us on Twitter or Instagram. My Twitter is Daniel Montgomery and my Instagram is Daniel X Montgomery. My Twitter is iRobotUJane and my Instagram is Matthew underscore Scott underscore Montgomery. Or you can just say hi to us on the street. Yeah, you or you can just follow us on the street and say hi. Yeah. So up next we're we're going to 55. Wow. The blob that ate everyone. Wow, we're we're we're, this we're is getting a home there. Stretch, you it's guys. a home stretch. Oh wow. It's gonna get it's gonna get weirder. But we have some of the absolute best books in the entire series coming up. 
No joke. I'm talking top five books for me that we haven't even discussed yet. Yes, they. There's there's gonna be some nasty fun really soon. Well, I hope you guys get some good sleep and that you don't wake up on the wrong side of a parallel universe. If you dare. Yeah.